Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round one recap and round two preview for the Zozo Championship. Joining me to break it all down, it's Kyle Porter. What up, KP? It's been a while since you and I did one on on a Thursday. I'm excited. There's a lot lot to talk about. These are dangerous. You and I on a Thursday, (laughs) a lot of random speculation. The leaderboard is upside down. This this could get ugly quickly. The, the we should rename it from the first cut to just random speculation with Rick Kyle. <laughs> it would be much more accurate, at least. Uh, let's start at the top of the leaderboard, which is where we always start. Sebastian Munoz, eight under par, sixty four. He will be your eighteen hole leader, and uh, with let me count these two eagles eight birdies, two bogeys, and a double. KP, I think we refer to this as a psycho scorecard. It is. The two doubles, or the two bogeys and a double. I mean, not to go Patrick Reed, but he could have shot 60. He could have shot 61. <laughs> um, you know, I think my thing with Munoz, he's had a really good second half of 2020, right? And so he wins at the end of last year, and you're like, okay, this guy's like just, he's just a guy on the PGA Tour. But he's kind of turned himself into like a semi contender in a lot of these events. I mean, he, he popped up at, what was it? The true championship. I think he played pretty well. There were a number of different events that he has contended at, which I think is cool to see. I I think he, you know, I watched his interview afterwards. I think he's a fun personality. Uh, He's obviously got a great game and he hit the ball really well uh, on Thursday. And as a result, he's, he's the leader. Yeah, he basically the playoff run uh, from last season to now he's he's been he's been great. Um, and he hold out twice for Eagle, which always goes a long way. I don't, yeah, know, he I don't, had, I don't think he's going to do that tomorrow. But yeah, 220 <laughs> yards worth of holdout Eagles. So <laughs> there we go. They all add up and they all count come Sunday evening uh, in the chase group couple of big names nipping at the heels of Sebastian Munoz. We'll start with Terrell Hatton, who was clean until he got to the 16th hole. He made a bogey on the par five 16th. This is nothing new for Terrell over the course of the last couple of weeks. I guess at what point, like, I think I know the answer to this, but is Hatton on a heater or is he this good? Uh, We just got a, I saw (laughs) I'm 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 scrambling. I don't know where to. Go. I was very distracted with that Terrell Hatton tee up because Rory McIlroy just live snapped his club, and I kind of like uh, couldn't handle it. I had one eye there, I had one eye on the outline. I couldn't remember who I was talking about. So one, Rory might need to snap the clubs because his <laughs> iron play has been bad. I mean, yeah. for him over the last two or three months. Two. My wife asked me who was leading, and I said, Terrell Hatton's up there. And I was trying. To, I said, Rick. She doesn't know who you are, but she. I said, Rick. Uh, she's not big in the DFS scene. I apologize, but uh, 
I said, uh, Rick says it without the T's. He says, I was trying to do it like you. And she was like, I don't know what you're saying. And so can you give me, can you give me, well now, now I've, I don't know. So I say Terrell Hatton. No, no, that's not how you do it. How do I say it? You you say Terrell Hatton. We'll have to run the tape back. Terrell Hatton, 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 Hatton. No, you don't. That's not, that's how I pronounce it. That's not how you pronounce it. But it's it's like when you've heard it too much. Now, now I don't know how I say it. It wasn't natural. I I sound like I am not very smart whenever I say it. You sound sophisticated. Oh, thank you. So, um, (laughs) look, Terrell Hatton's really good. I was actually midway through this round. I was so frustrated that I didn't pick him for our one and done. I was like, what, what am I, what am I doing? He's won and finished T3 in his last two starts. He's on this year-long run. This is not a fluke. I think I think he's going to be a really interesting guy at Augusta because um, he's pretty well-rounded. You know, Mark talked about that. I think it was last week. He, he just he's not really the best at any category. We talk about this with guys like Xander, um, but he's he's really good in a lot of categories. Or maybe it was Greg that was talking about um, how he was really good in kind of every category. So, did you see when he lost? Uh, they thought he lost his ball in sixteen. Yeah, what well, uh, that was uh, that's where that's that's where he made bogey. That's where the lone bogey on the score cra- on the scorecard came. It was on his uh I guess it was his third shot, right? Uh it was a par 3. So he hit it like into the bank. I think it was Oh, on 17. Sorry, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Uh he hit it into the bank on off the tee. Him and his playing partner, I forgot who he was playing with. Um if they hadn't, he was already freaking out. If they hadn't found that ball, he might have burned down some of the mansions on the clifftops at, yes. at Sherwood. It would have been, he would have just gone just absolutely insane. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I don't, I think we, I think we need to kind of recalibrate the wood. And I think this about other guys too, like somebody like Webb, we have to recalibrate how we think and talk about them because. Guys are not – this is not static. Like, guys change over time. And Terrell Hatton has clearly gotten better over time, and he's playing the best golf of his life. So I just think we need to sort of re, like, rethink the way that we're sort of considering these guys at, at big-time events. I completely agree. He's going to be top five in strokes gain tee to green on Thursday. And a little look behind the curtain. We were considering recording this. We were like, ah, this leaderboard's not going to change all that much. We'll just keep an eye on everything that's going on. And then Justin Thomas uh, asserted himself on the rest of the field after he went out in an even par 36. He came in in a seven under 29 with his final three holes going Eagle birdie birdie. This was scorched earth JT. I just saw the Rory club snap. It was, it was not as good as I thought, but he like leveraged the, the, the grounds on it. Yeah. He did that at uh, Marion at the 13 us open. Do you remember that? Uh, no, I don't. He like leaned on top of it until it just bent. I think it was, yeah. a, I think that was the, yeah. Marion was 13 us open. Um, yeah, JT closing Eagle Birdie Birdie. It's JT season, right? It's the fall. Fall, small field yeah. events. It's JT and Xander season. And um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I feel like I haven't thought about JT a ton uh, over the last, really since the first round of the US Open. I mean, he hasn't been playing a ton, but he, he, it's it sort of felt like, and tell me if you agree with this, it feels like he's been a little average for JT over the last two or three months. I, 
I don't know about that. He had a top 10 at the U.S. Open. He won seven starts ago. I mean, we're that's seven starts ago. I don't know if that's a lot or a little for someone of JT's caliber. I just think he's overshadowed by what Xander has done, what DJ has done. I think Rom's probably won like once or twice since then. It just, I, I think there are other guys who are just lights out and JT's been good. He's been fine, but it's just been kind of overlooked. So I guess what I'm referring to here. So data golf has a, like a trending table. So like what guys have been playing the best over the last 20 rounds of the last five events. And they have both a, like where you're trending, but also like what your baseline is. And of the top, uh, what is this top 10 guys? He's the only one with a negative baseline. So he's the only one he's still playing well, but he's the only one that's playing worse than kind of what you would normally expect. So I, we're sort of both right about that in that, yeah, the results are still there, but he hasn't been quite to like JT of the last two years. Uh, and that can pop up at any time, though. It's the putting, right? It is the putting. And maybe that's just a testament to how good he is, that he can still put up results that he's putting up right now and it's still be sure. underneath his baseline, which is kind yeah. of crazy. Absolutely. Uh, all right. We are we have to talk about Tiger Woods. And if you're looking for him on the leaderboard, uh, keep scrolling. He's there. I, I promise. He uh, is going to finish round one at four over seventy six. There, I don't. I don't have a positive, so I'll just kind of let you know what happened. He, he he hit six of twelve fairways. He hit nine of sixteen greens in regulation. And when you add up his strokes gained off the tee and his strokes gained approach, so we call that ball striking. He lost nearly six shots to the field. It was the worst single round I could find on him in my database, which is about the last six seasons, KP. It, it was interesting because you watch, I, I was watching him all day. I was, I was kind of live blogging it, and the swing looked good, right? Like, I, I, I don't – there have been times over the last couple of years where you watch it and you're like, God, it looks stuck. It looks difficult. He can't get it through the zone, all these different things. I didn't, I didn't think that on Thursday. And yet, I mean, I, Rick, like I've got here his not, so he had, so if, if you say like his average, where he had birdie from on his front nine, mm-hmm. he was a hundred on average, he was 137 feet away on his birdie attempt. Oh God. He had more from over 350 feet, more birdie attempts. That's not really an attempt than he did from under 30 feet. How are you supposed to score like that? Uh, you're not, (laughs) (laughs) you're not. And and, and, I mean, even, even one of the birdies he made, he rolled in like an 87 footer or something, right? I mean, the only one he made on his front nine. And then the back nine was just kind of, it was nothing. He lost a couple strokes of the field. I I was watching him on the par three eighth. So it was his 17th hole of the day and the the swing looks good. Everything looks good. And you see the, the tracker or the trait, whatever the thing is called the line, the red line. And it's like 40 yards off of like where the pin yeah. is. I, I don't, that, that I don't really get because since he's come back, the irons have been pretty good. Um, you know, he struggled with driver at times. He always struggles with driver. He's really struggled with putter at times, but the iron that those shots, I, I, I don't get that. I don't there know. Was a, there was a couple of times I thought he missed like wide, right from like a perfect lie in the fairway or whatever. Like it, it just looked like he mishit it like really, really bad. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was so weird to see how, how far off he was on some of these approach shots. Because right. The thing with tiger is like, okay, if he's hitting bad iron shots, it's usually because the body is, is messed up, whatever. Yeah. 
And, and, and so it's weird to see it, say like, okay, the body seems like it's good and the swing looks good and you're still hitting these iron shots. I, that's, that seems problematic and it does not bode well for Augusta. It does not. Um, looking to make a move on a Friday, which by the way, I think it's you and me again on, on Friday evening, which is yeah. producer Jacob has lost his noggin. If he's putting <laughs> us together on these spots, uh, I jokingly said, and I kind of wasn't really joking before we went, before we went live, I, it might be Jordan Spieth Friday. Uh, he was two under on Thursday. Don't, 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 Tim, don't. <laughs> It was two under on Thursday. Uh, he played the par fives one over. So the field average on those par fives was two under. So he's basically three shots worse than the rest of the field on the par fives. I don't know. You know, this, this was the week there was, there's no expectations. He was really cheap in fantasy formats. Uh, I'm keeping a close eye on speed. Did you see his dad's caddy in for him? I did. Did you see what he said to him as he was like stepping into a shot on like yeah, 11 or whatever? Just reading that. Why don't, why don't you read that to, our, to the listeners? All right. So I'm going to pull this up real quick. So for those who don't know, um, Tiger or not Tiger, uh, Jordan Spieth's father is on his bag this week. So here is what happens. So, uh, so this is from Jordan Spieth. He says, yeah, it's fun. It was funny. He did the old no, no, like on our fourth hole today on 13, I'm stepping into the ball and he goes, quote just don't overdo it which is which is phenomenal and then he doubles down because speed steps steps out and says hey dad like there's really only one or two things you can't do and that's just don't say not to hit hit it somewhere while i'm stepping into the shot yeah and then his dad goes well you know you did it on 11 so i didn't want you to do it on 13 (laughs) that is uh the last thing jordan speed needs is another swing thought yeah I know uh, that's that's not great, but it is so good. great content. Uh, I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go Victor Hovland. Uh, he was, wasn't he one of your? Didn't you like him this week? Yeah, I don't know what I picked him for. Maybe top ten or something like that. But yes, I I did like him coming in. He's been great from tee to green. I think he was. I mean, he lost a bunch of strokes putting today. I believe. Yeah, three point seven five. He was like eleventh or twelfth tee to green and. Yeah only shot one under, which one under looks good on paper, but it, it was, it was not good. Um, when the field, I think field average was right at 70 or just under it, maybe 69.8, something like that. So I'm, I'm going to say he bounces back on Friday and kind of gets into the mix a little bit. Yeah. Second worst putter in the field. He lost 3.75 strokes I, on the greens. Who was your one and done? Remind me. Patrick Reed. How do you feel about it? Not great. Well, I was, well, I was between him and Bubba though. So I think they're both like two or three under. So I I don't know if I would have got better from either one of them, but yeah, uh, I I don't feel great about it. I had Henley. He was 68. Not bad. Hit the crap out of it. He was like seventh in strokes and T green, but per the usual, no putting. I think he got off to a hot start, right? Cause I saw his name early and I was like, Oh baby, we got, we got a live one here. Five five holes into the tournament. Yeah. yeah <laughs> he was uh I think he was three under through five. So yeah, I mean three, look, three under through five and four under through six. There you go. This is this is to me it's fun prep for Augusta. Like you sometimes get these Florida events before the Masters and guys will play in some but not others. It's cool to get everybody in the same field. That's true. Going into the Masters and then we don't see most of them, you know, for, for three weeks. I I, I I enjoyed it on Thursday. I thought it was good. I think it'll be good again on Friday. And I'm, I, I think it'd be cool if Munoz won. You know, I, we always talk about like all these big stars, big names, like for Sebastian Munoz to win 
the Zozo, I think that'd be a pretty cool deal. I agree. We'll be back on Friday to break it all down. If you'd like to follow Kyle on Twitter, which I recommend, he's at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.